Let's get ready to rumble! Information Jam Pack Show today. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Zinger Nation Power Hour. How are we doing? This isn't this isn't my show. No, Spencer, this is not pre-market prep. This is the power hour. What am I doing here? Why am I here, AB? You are helping me out because Luke is at the dentist today. Raz <laughs> is with the dentist with this guy. Oh, I know. Raz is at the dentist with him, making oh. sure that everything goes smoothly. Um, but we have a packed show today. So at 1210, Nargis from Twitter is going to be uh, joining us. You guys might follow her. Her handle is Nargis007. Um, she's great with technical analysis. We're going to be looking at some great stocks today between Tesla, Apple, uh, AMD, I believe. So real excited about that. Um, Spencer, what have you been watching today? Uh, same thing I watch every day now. Um, watching, as I've said, for being on stream for three hours this morning. Uh, watching China. Uh, watching uh, OLB. Because we'll have the CEO on the show in about 25 minutes or so. Uh, I'll be talking to him. Um, yeah, watching AMC. Only because how can you not? It's AMC, even on a quiet day uh, for AMC. It's down 5%. Uh, watching tech. Tech super weak today. Into the big tech earnings print, right? You got a... Uh, uh, here, let's go across the board here. So tonight you got Apple, Alphabet, and, and Microsoft. So we got Apple down 2% today. We got Alphabet down... I'm sorry. Yeah, Alphabet down 2% today. Microsoft down one and a half percent today so big tech week into the big earnings is what i'm watching what are you watching my friend um you know i was i was watching tesla's price action today after the earnings last night uh tesla reported good earnings and yet the stock is kind of trading down today um so i think that's interesting some other things that i'm watching are of course apple with the earnings as you mentioned coming out today um Apple's Apple seems like it always crushes earnings, but the last couple of times, even though the company reported good earnings, the stock traded off a little bit. Um, but today it's actually trading down into earnings, which is atypical. Usually there's a little pop right before earnings. So I think definitely this will be one to watch after hours today. Okay, let me throw in a plug for not our platform. Uh, if I can, um, there's a, you know, I, I'm, I'm always curious how a stock moves into and out of earnings. Uh, and there's one site that I found that tracks that data. Uh, and that site is marketchameleon.com. Uh, it's, a, it's a platform really uh, for, for options trading is, is, is who it's for, right? For uh, people trading options uh, and looking to plan out their trades and find options ideas. But they do track historical stock patterns into and out of an earnings report. So if I can pull it up for a second on my screen uh, and then look at Apple here, I can tell you this. Going back the last three years, the last 12 quarters, uh, Apple opens on average 1.5% higher the day after its earnings report. So Apple always reports in the afternoon. So on the day after, at the open, on average in the last three years, Apple opens higher by one and a half percent. That's important. Um, something else, Market Chameleon shows me, and they show they, they show me the performance of Apple 
uh, in every stock one day, two days, three days, one week, and two weeks after an earnings report. Okay. Again, this is going back the last three years. And going back the last three years, Apple is higher more often than not, two days, three days, one week, and two weeks after it reports earnings. It is basically flat on average in the day at the entire day, the entire next day after its report. So I'm like, by tomorrow's close, uh, on average in the aggregate, it is flat uh, going back to the last three years. Uh, that being said, the last three quarters, April, or the last three reports, April, January, October, the last three reports, Apple has closed lower the day after its earnings report, the, the one day after. Um, it has also closed lower uh, in the two days after its earnings report in each of the last two quarters. Uh, and it has closed lower in the three days after an earnings report in the last two quarters as well. So the last two quarters have been weak. The reaction has been weak for Apple. Um, in the last three, in the last two quarters, but going back the last three years, historically, Apple on average will trade higher in the two days, three days, one week, and two week periods after a report. And I can look at, I can do the same thing for Microsoft and Google if you want. But I like that uh, that that tracking. I'll put the chat. I'll put the link in chat. Ready? This is a plug for not our site. Market. Yeah, and Spencer, I think it was two quarters ago when we had great earnings from essentially all the big tech companies, Amazon, Apple, uh, Microsoft, and, and the stocks didn't really, I think it was because investors were already kind of pricing in great earnings for all those companies. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens here with the, with the different big earnings that we have this week, because something similar happened last night when Tesla beat earnings. Um, but you could argue that some of that was priced in because now the stock is, of course, trading down. Um, regardless of the the earnings that Tesla reported. I, I think Apple here, I mean, look, you can play it a couple of different ways. Like if you wanted to play some just out of the money calls, if you think Apple's going to crush earnings, but stuff like that is so risky, Spencer. Yeah, I would never, um, I would never do that unless I literally was, was, was okay with burning my money, right? Like, like if I literally just wanted to gamble, and nothing more. You walk into the casino, you throw all your money on black. That's basically what that is. What out of the money calls are, especially especially weekly. I wouldn't do that. Um, well, let's go look, before we bring on our first guest. Let's just go look at the other two real fast. So Microsoft, I'll do that next. Um, Microsoft, same story. Um, it 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 is more likely to close higher. Uh, two days, three days, one week, and two weeks after it reports. It's actually way more likely to close higher two weeks after the report. So going back the last three years, uh, Microsoft closes higher, um, has closed higher 10 of the last 12 quarters in the two weeks after its earnings report. Um, now, the last quarter was, was one of those two where it didn't, right? But uh, going back at least the last three years, Microsoft is a 10 out of 12 chance of cl uh, closing higher in the two-week period after earnings. Uh, same story with uh, one, the one-week period. If you, if you look at one week after its report, uh, nine of the last 12 quarters, Microsoft has closed higher. In the one yeah, and real quick, back to Apple. Bill, Bill Big yeah. D in the chat is saying that he's hopefully that Kadir is correct that Apple goes up after earnings uh, today, but he hopes that it stays below 156. Um, so, Bill, let us know in the chat how you're playing that. Are you selling calls at 156? Um, 
you know, I think that that's an interesting play. Uh, and let's just do Google real fast since I'm here and I'll bring up the chart so we can look at it uh, in pro while I do that. So Goog going back. Uh, okay. This is interesting. Um, oh, Google's a, Google's a crapshoot. Google, there's really no real trend. Google is, is really just as likely to close higher as it is to close lower pretty much across the board. One day out, two days out, three days out, one week out and two weeks out. Uh, no real discernible trend other than to say in each of the last three quarters or the, each of the last three reports, so April, February, and October of last year, in each of those three, uh, Google did close higher um, more often than not. But if you go back the last three years, there's really no discernible trend. So uh, based on very, very recent history, the last three quarters, Google has traded higher after its report. But that trend is, is, is only been there for three quarters, so it's not a very long trend. Um, so I would keep that in mind with regards to Google. Um, yeah, uh, historically, going back to the last three years, relatively weak, but the last three quarters relatively strong uh, after earnings. The one exception, I guess, was last report in April. Uh, in, in the two-week period, Google fell 6% in the two weeks after its report. So wow. that's, that's sort of the outlier there. Um, but that was just last quarter. Um, so no no real discernible pattern to speak of in Google. Not as likely as Microsoft and Apple to trade higher after its report. Um, do we have our first guest here, AB? We do. And, and Bill Big D says in the chat that he sold two calls at 155 for a dollar at the open. Um, so, Bill, yeah, good luck with that. Let us know tomorrow how that trade works out. Um, but, yeah, Spencer, let's go ahead and get to our first guest. Uh, Ronnie Yakov, the CEO of OLB Group, ticker is OLB. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. We broke the headline this morning. Uh, they made an acquisition. They bought a portfolio of CBD merchants uh, that will uh, that have $300 million in annual sales volume so let's talk about the company with the ceo ronnie yakob how are you guys how are we doing today we're doing great uh, we're very excited to announce this uh, letter of intent today uh, we are working on this acquisition quite a while and uh, it's extremely prof- profitable opportunity here uh, so so first before we get into that explain what olb group does because you guys are like a payments platform right yes uh, we, we're a f- fintech company that uh, is focusing on products and services. Uh, those products and services are coming from a platform that's uh, e-commerce and omni-commerce uh, solutions that a merchant practically can uh, have a website, it can have uh, a point of sale system in his store, and he can walk in and uh, run a transaction with his uh, iPhone. Uh, we have also SecurePay, that's the payment gateway. The payment gateway is uh, similar to any other payment gateway like authorize.net. So we run the functions and every transaction that comes to our system is connected directly to Visa and MasterCard. Uh, we have also CrowdPay that is a crowdfunding platform as well. So I'm trying to un- understand exactly uh, what this is. Are, are we talking about like when you when you go to um, you know a business and like is, is this the software? Is it the hardware? Is this- it's it's the, it's the software, and, oh. and we do a primary, our core business is software. Okay, we have fintech uh, uh, solutions, 
and we do custom-made solutions for small merchants. For example, we build a, a ticket system for baseball stadiums. And when you get to the baseball stadium, you can get to the concession stand, pay with the same applications, and go to the merchandise and buy them. So with this one, we're just integrating now the NFTs so people can transfer tickets between each other. Uh, we have also events that uh, events is the uh, practically the execution arm of the company and at events we pretty much underwrite the merchants uh, we monitor them giving them customer support and monitor the risk so i'm interested about the headline today is that is that you made an acquisition uh that essentially acquiring a portfolio of cbd merchants this is interesting because as as I'm sure you are well aware, and and many of our listeners or viewers may be aware as well, um, the regulatory landscape for cannabis companies in the U.S. is very complicated, um, and at least for dispensaries, any plant touching company is not allowed really to use any banking services at all. They have to deal in cash, right? So, what, what exactly did you buy here? We we bought already existing merchants that those merchants are already running CBD transactions. They are approved by the banks, so pretty much uh, we we took over the entire portfolio of merchants. Uh, this portfolio also is growing by uh, the existing channels with around seventy five new merchants every month. Uh, it's also extremely profitable for us because uh, there's no additional personnel that we have to add. We have already the existing existing personnel in place. So, so this is CBD. So this is not like plant touching, right? Correct. It, correct. Okay. So I guess that's the big difference. Is these are these are um, uh, merchants that that already operate within within yes. the the, yes. the the legal framework. Yes, and they've been already vetted by the banks. Uh, it's a pretty lengthy process, and it's uh, on a yearly basis. It's been monitored uh, by the banks and the regulators. So. Would would a company like yours? I'm just trying to understand here. Would a company like OLB Group? Would you be the ones that could help make it easier to, for example, transact in, in Bitcoin or cryptocurrency? Yes, and uh, that's uh, something that uh, over the next uh, few weeks we're going to talk in detail because we're expanding uh, tremendously towards the digital currencies and digital transactions. We already announced a few weeks ago that. We, uh, we have some merchants that would be accepting cryptocurrencies. So, for example, if you walk in, you'll be able to pay uh, with your uh, crypto wallet. And that's that's live now, you said? Yes. We, we, we have uh, the system already uh, working on accepting Bitcoins. Okay. So, it's not... Bitcoins, Ethereum, yes. So, so, it, is, so it is live for the merchants? Yes. For, for your client, your customers? Yes. So is it is this like uh is it I guess is it up to the 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 individual business to be like we want to yes uh, like, we have the capability or do they have to like turn it on or or, or what yes so so, so uh, there is additional uh, process that have to be vetted but since uh, we are the underwriter of those uh, merchants we have majority of those things so it's save a big step of underwriting them can you explain more about what what makes paying with crypto is so complicated? Well, I mean, people have to conceptually get used to it. You know, it's uh, it's a process. It, it would take, I believe, a couple of years that people, it would become a standard. Uh, it's in early stage today. So. 
I what what kind of regulation does a uh, you know a company like like yours who's facilitating crypto transactions what what sort of regulatory purview does that fall under if any well at, at the moment uh, we we are doing it through third parties okay uh, we, uh, and again we, we're going to announce very shortly that we, we're planning to have a uh, bit license for that and we're planning pretty much to handle everything in-house so okay. it's a process and and we're going to apply also for money transmission uh, between uh, states so I would imagine somebody in your position is generally bearish on the use of cash, right? Yes. Yes. I, I don't have even hundred dollars in my wallet. You. So you are. You. You think. It's, when do you? Do you have a timeline? When do you think uh, we will like wean ourselves off of cash? Well, I mean, still there is people that uh, you know would need the cash. You know. Yeah, uh, I just came back from Europe, and people like to deal with cash more in Europe. You know, ah. they pay everything. So interesting, interesting how different cultures. I mean, I, I'm the right. same way as you, and I, I, I just put uh, through like a hundred bucks in my car for like emergencies, but like I don't, right. I don't carry cash on me ever. And when I do, I feel rich because I never have it on me, so I can just spend it right away. Um, but, but yeah, so a company like Euros, which is making, making it easier for, for small businesses to, 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 you know. So, so, so we, we're focused on cashless, contactless yeah. uh, transactions. I, I'm curious what the last year and a half was like for you. Um, obviously, uh, the, the pandemic, uh, was, was, was a, a, a nudge to all the businesses that, that hadn't yet, um, found some sort of alternative payment method and we're relying on cash which a lot yes. of small businesses do right um and i so the pandemic kind of nudged them into the the cashless direction i'm just curious what the last year and a half was like for, for, for your business sure so initially our revenues dropped by one third and wow. very quickly we balanced and we balanced in a, a very high way because uh it was difficult to convince merchants uh, to have e-commerce and online orders and websites and they start calling us and asking us how quickly we can be online and start saving so that was almost like very quick education for them to start to be uh, to do the omnicommerce solution so on the omnicommerce solution once uh, you're connected with the inventory so the order online and the order in the store uh, they sync together so, so definitely uh, it's uh, it's uh, it was very positive. I mean, unfortunate, but the pandemic hurt everybody. But we we feel strong about uh, our outcome. Uh, will you disclose? Uh, I I presume in the next quarterly report the the financial um, terms of this deal. Uh, on the on the coming uh, thing, not uh, until it's definitive agreement. At the moment, it's a non-binding LOI. So once uh -huh. we close. Yeah, key legality differences, right? LOI yes. versus okay, there we go. That's an important distinction. Yes. Um, okay, uh, Ron with Ronnie Yakov, the CEO of uh, OLB Group. Uh, Ronnie, any just final thoughts uh, uh, regarding like secular trends um, in, in your industry or, or for your business? Um, you know, going forward. Well, as I mentioned, we're definitely going to move forward most towards the digital currencies, and just to mention. 
comparing to some of our peers, we're tra trading on a very low valuations. We're trading around four times a multiple of sales comparing to companies like Paya, i3 Vertical, Shift4, they're trading seven to 10 times uh, revenues. So there's a great opportunity taking this acquisition that would be uh, bring us to revenues of around $25 million with uh, a three and a half million dollars in additional EBITDA compared to what we have now. So it's 360% bump in the EBITDA. All right, Ronnie Yakov is the CEO of OLB Group, ticker on the screen, OLB. Ronnie, glad we can get the uh, microphone situation figured out. Thanks right. for coming on. Thank you, sir. All right. 12.47, 13 minutes until get technical with Neil Hamilton running through charts and doing whatever the hell Neil does on his show, uh, which, frankly, I don't even know what it is half the time. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's always a, a toss-up what's going to happen on Get Technical. Maybe you'll see someone in a rat suit today. Who knows? Wouldn't that somebody be you or Neil? Who knows? Tune in to find out. All right. All right, I've got my scanner tool open on Benzinga Pro, looking for gainers, looking for losers, looking for uh, stocks moving in the last five minutes. Nothing jumping out to me right now um sorry there's a couple questions that i didn't see in the chat i apologize um somebody asked about google and amazon right is that what they said google and what they say about amazon and google earnings yeah i mean well amazon's on thursday thursday amazon thursday um Let's go to the chart. I, I expect all the big tech stocks that earnings to be good, but it just doesn't necessarily mean that then the stocks are going to move uh, upward off, off those good earnings. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. I mean, it's it's a crapshoot to A, guess whether the company is going to beat or underperform earnings, but then you also have, will the stock move up or down on it? And, it, and it's kind of based into what's already expected. So in this last quarter, you know, Amazon is already expected to have, you know, very high revenue, good growth numbers. So we'll see. I mean, it would take, I think it would take a lot for Amazon's numbers to be bad for the stock to like sell off a lot, but. Well, if I can go back uh, to the site I was using earlier in the show, marketchameleon.com, I did put the link in the chat. This is not a paid promo. I, I'm just, I'm mentioning because I think their earnings data is good. Um, they, they track how stocks behave after into and out of earnings. So, for example, uh, you know, into earnings because Amazon is, is still two days away. Um, Amazon almost always trades higher into earnings. Two days prior to its report, it trades higher. And this is going back the last three years. But in the two days prior to its report, going back the last three years, Amazon trades higher two thirds of the time by an average of one point seven percent. In the one day. Prior to its report, Amazon trades higher uh, 10 out of 12 times by an average of 1.3%. Uh, so it is almost always turning higher into the number. Uh, out of the number is a little bit more, uh, more dicey. Uh, Amazon typically trades lower. It trades lower um, basically two out of three times uh, in the one day period in the one full trading day period after its report. So that would be measuring Amazon from Thursday's close to Friday's close. Uh, and in that one day, going back the last three years, it trades down uh, two out of three times by an average of 1%. Kind of the same story in the two days out, 
uh, and the same story in the three days out. Eh, three days out, it's more flat. Uh, but in the immediate term, going back the last three years, Amazon is more likely than not to close higher the day into its report and close lower the day after its report. That's the takeaway from this data uh, on Amazon. So yeah, it's really good info to know. Um, always, always good to look at what's happened in the past to try to help us determine what could potentially happen in the future. Uh, Corey's asking a great question about: Are there any earnings coming up for brokers? Um, so we've talked about different brokerage stocks on this show before. Uh, Luke gave his pitch that more people are trading stocks than ever before. So earnings could be very strong well, for different brokerages. Forget earnings for a second. If you're looking at brokers, why not talk about Robinhood? They IPO on Thursday. Robinhood's going to IPO on Thursday. I know the ticker Hood. It's probably going to be the most interesting IPO that we've had in the market, I think maybe since Facebook, which was 2014. I think Facebook's 2014. Um yeah, Facebook was uh oh no, twenty twelve, excuse me. Yeah, I was gonna say I think it was a couple of years earlier uh, than that. But I, I can't remember an IPO that is this interesting, this big in terms of um market dynamics, in terms of storylines. There's so many storylines with this thing. Uh so there's that. If if you're interested in the brokers, have that on your radar. Uh I'm sure we'll talk about that at length on Thursday. Um you asked about the brokers, though. Schwab already reported. We, we already got that. Um, there, there really aren't many because there's so much consolidation, right? Because Morgan Stanley bought E-Trade, right? Schwab bought TD Meritrade. That, left, that leaves us with, with Schwab. What about us- the trade desk? Is that a brokerage? No, it is not. That leaves us with interactive brokers. Um, Tiger, T-I-G-R. That's a Chinese broker. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know if I would uh, venture there right now. Thirteen um, percent today. Wow. Uh, well, it's because it's China. So in, in terms of the U.S., you really only have two, you know, uh, publicly traded uh, broker dealers, right? You got Schwab. You got IBKR. Uh, those are the two. Uh, and that's for like stocks. Obviously, for crypto, there's more, right? We got Coinbase. We got Voyager. Um, but there's been so much consolidation in the space. Um, one proxy you can use for the broker space is Virtue, Virtue Financial, because they're a high-frequency trader so and they're a market maker. So when trading volume increases, they make more money. When trading volume decreases, they make less money. Um, you can use this as a proxy. But there really isn't much on the... Uh, brokerage front. I the big thing is probably just going to be a hood. I'm watching hood for Thursday, right? We have no data because it didn't even IPO yet. But uh, so many implications for this. This is basically going to be a proxy, I think, for for retail sentiment, similarly to how we we use Coinbase as a proxy, more or less, for uh, Bitcoin sentiment. Maybe maybe not because it's too soon to tell because we only have a couple months of history on Coinbase. But I I have a hunch that going forward. We will use Robinhood and the performance of Robinhood as a proxy for, oh, the retail trader is strong, or the retail trader is not, the retail trader is active, the retail trader is not, right? Um, so very, very interesting. And plus, they're allocating like a lot of their float to retail to their to their own users, which is so interesting. Um, this is basically going to be an amalgam of like 
traditional brokerage stock and social media app, right? Because it's kind of both. And so um, when it comes down to the social media apps, we always think about active users, right? Daily active users, monthly active users. Um, I have a hunch that Robinhood will be measured along those same lines. It's people are going to want to know what are the DAUs? What are the MAUs? Robinhood, they, they had their, uh, their virtual roadshow on Sunday. Uh, I watched it and they said that half, I think that this, that was half of their users. I, I tweeted this out. Half of their users access the app every day. I think that was the stat. It's on my Twitter account. That's insane, right? That's that's madness. It's crazy. I mean, I, I mean, I think when you were talking about different IPOs that have like the magnitude of Facebook. I mean, the Coinbase one was pretty huge, but I think Robinhood will be bigger from a from a standpoint of just how much attention um, the stock is getting. Of course, there are many many people out there that want to short Robinhood once it's publicly traded. So we shall see what happens there. Uh, and then Chris Kachi reminded me because I, I never seem to remember that <laughs> what these facts are doing, but FTCV is gonna it's gonna go public or it's gonna merge with eToro. So on the on the crypto exchange front, and it's so interesting, right? So this is a SPAC, so you really it's gonna move with with SPACs, but with regards to Coinbase specifically, and even Voyager, which is a VRGVF, right? No, it's not Voyager. This is Voyager uh, VYGVF, right? There we go. Um, in theory, these stocks should be moving higher the more volatile crypto is, right? Because volatility um, or downward action begets volatility, which begets trading. Um, and these things, if, if they're a broker, they should be making more money when activity increases. So I guess what these charts are saying is like volume in cryptocurrencies is going down. But in theory... If volume goes up regardless of, of the price, then these things should go with it. Um, but they have not been going. The Coinbase IPO may have been like the, the top, the top event in uh, in crypto. Um, it's got a long way to go. How high did it get on the IPO day? It got to four twenty nine. Oh, it's got a long way to go to get there. It, it can do it, but it it might take a while. Anyway, that's my brokerage talk back to the scanner what's moving nothing really um okay ab why don't you hop off and get ready for uh get technical sounds good we'll be live in uh three minutes all right oh and i forgot about sofi thanks chris how can i forget i'm I'm long and strong and uh nstb is another spec looking to take apex clearinghouse public right right so you do have these uh these like neo, I don't want to call them. I guess they are neo banks. These these newer companies that that are trying to um, just basically encroach, take over financial services. So that could mean anything. It could mean lending. It could mean uh, you know brokerages. Um, uh, you know trading, investing. Um, could be uh, uh, banking, right? Um, SoFi, you know, has has the brokerage. You can invest through SoFi, but they do so much more than that. Um, I'm long and strong from like 21. I'm getting pounded here. But this, I, I know what this is for me. This is a long-term position. I'm not really going to sweat this. This is a small part of my portfolio. Um, and I, I, I remain a long-term believer. Now, if they don't get a banking charter, that's a, and as I understand it, that, that hasn't been decided yet. But if they don't get that, then 
that I maybe have to reassess. But um, long and strong so far, we're making new lows here. You know, um, if you're looking at me to tell you what to do, I would say don't because I am not selling. So, uh, yeah. If you can't take the pain, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. I On SoFi, I can take the heat, right? You got to know when you can take it and when you can't. DraftKings, I could not take it. I got out after a half dollar, um, half dollar loss. SoFi is a different kind of position for me. I can take the heat, right? Ah, wow. I don't like to look at this stock too often because the more I look at it, this is this is what happens. I look at it and then I I get in my head. I gotta get this off my screen. Get that off my screen. Go anywhere else. Spy anywhere else. <laughs> no pain, no gain. That's right. It'll be all the more sweeter when SoFi goes to 100. I don't know if that's gonna happen. Oh, on that same NeoBank front, Square, right? Square just announced uh, their banking thing. Man, maybe maybe the, maybe I only bought SoFi because I know that I missed out on Square. Maybe this whole thing is a psychological revenge trade I didn't know, I didn't know about. Now, let's not get into that. All right, it's one o'clock. Get technical is starting right now. Neil Hamilton doing Neil Hamilton things. So please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Thanks to both our guests today, Nargis and the CEO of OLB Group, Ronnie Yakov. Thanks to all of you. Smash the like button, guys. How many likes are we at here? 51. Oh, brutal. If Thank God Jason and Luke are on here because they would like, kill me. If they saw that number. Uh, I hope Luke is back from the dentist tomorrow, but if he's not, then um, I suppose I'll be back. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.